Our first reading is from the book of Isaiah, the first chapter, and we are going to be starting with the 11th verse and ending with the 17th, so a little bit less than what's printed in the middle of your bulletin insert, if you're following along. And in preparation to hear these words, let us turn our hearts in prayer. Holy God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for these ancient words and for the lives who have carried them down throughout the ages. And we ask that you would open our hearts and our minds, that we might hear your word for us this day. Amen. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifice, sacrifices, says our God. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you have come to appear before me, who asks this from your hand? Trample my courts no more. Bring offerings is futile. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and calling of convocations, I cannot endure solemn assemblies with iniquity. Your new moons and your appointed festivals my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you stretch out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rec rec rescue the oppressed. Defend the orphan and plead for the widow. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Normally at this time, I'd announce what the scripture reading is and ask you if you would like to follow along in your bulletin. But what's in your bulletin is not the scripture reading that I am going to read. <laughs> so do not follow in your bulletin. The scripture reading is Luke 12, 32 through 40, as is printed. And listen now for these words. Jesus said, do not be afraid, little flock, for it is the Holy One's good pleasure to give you the reign of God. So sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourself that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, 
there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those servants. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, she would have not let her house be broken into. You also must be ready for the child of the human family is coming at an unexpected hour. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. As always, it's really a joy for me to come here and to look out into this congregation and to see so many familiar faces and also to see some unfamiliar faces, some people that I don't yet know. But I'm really glad to be here. I love this community and I love that you say that I am in your diaspora. So I hope you keep on saying it, thank you. Now, we read this passage from the prophet Isaiah. And the words of the prophet to do good, to seek justice, to rescue the oppressed, to defend the orphan, to plead for the widow. These are ancient words from Isaiah. But these admonitions have a contemporary ring to them, do they not? Seek justice and rescue the oppressed, defend the children, the orphan. We always have reason, I think, to be, have always had reason to be confronted by these admonitions. And yet, Four years ago, five years ago, because I'm speaking about now, and four years ago, five years ago, did you think that you might be worrying and distressed about a teenage boy who's an American citizen detained in a cage like a prison for 23 days just because he had brown skin and spoke Spanish? Who thought back then we would be actually witnessing the death on our southern border? The death of children. Death due to neglect and to the lack of medical care that was available. And we certainly, I know, have had mass shootings in the past, but this past month, 
seems to be increasing with great frequency. But then you know all of this. This is, you are aware of all of this and aware that it is anything but rescuing the oppressed or defending the orphan or doing justice. So if you're like me, you get a little overwhelmed with what we are facing. You begin to wonder exactly what to do, how to be, how to be as a person of faith, one who does justice, who does good, one who does something to provide rescue for the oppressed. What is it we can do? Jesus in our gospel lesson today tells us not to be afraid even if the circumstance for the people he was speaking with, even if the circumstances for them of Roman uh, oppression and occupation made their lives grim, to say the least. But he tells them not to be afraid, for it is God's good desire to give, to give a reign of the holy, to give the reign of God a world without oppression, and a world of justice, and a world of goodness. So, Jesus said, be ready to give of your possessions, and be ready to give alms. Be ready to make your life like a purse that does not wear out, a life of kindness, a life of service, a seeking of justice. For Jesus said, where your treasure is, there also will be your heart. Now we know that one of the keys to this kind of life is, in part, increased self-awareness of one's own buried anger that might lead to violence, of one's own buried racism that we are called upon to become aware But we are also called upon to, to take time to notice what's around us. To take time to do more than a glance of what or of who is around us and what they might need and how we can help create opportunities for them to be all they can be, who they were created to be. Heidi Newmark, who was a Lutheran pastor, served a church in the South Bronx of New York City for many, many years. Now, the South Bronx is probably one of the poorest neighborhoods in our country. In her book, Breathing Space, she documents many events of that ministry in that church. And she tells of when in the summer of 1997, her church had been invited, had a chance to send a group of their boys and young men to a camp, a camp located in Iowa, a camp that was a 
two-week experience developed by the National Lutheran Church. It was an experience that was designed for African-American boys between the, 10, between the ages of 10 and 18. And in those two weeks, two weeks of the camp, these boys were guided by African-American men in their 20s and 30s who had gone through intensive training to become mentors and role models. The stated mission of the endeavor, according to the Lutheran Church, was to, quote, be an Afrocentric community grounded in the gospel of Jesus Christ that creates space for listening, that creates space to release their potential and restore their promise, end of quote. Now, I mentioned that the camp was in Iowa. So the problem facing the South Bronx Church of Heidi Newmark was how to get their young people who had been invited, how to get them to the camp and how to get them back. New York to Iowa and back. Now they had a seminary intern at the time, his name was Chris, and he offered to drive. And his father, Larry, in order to, you know, support his son in his intern endeavors, also volunteered to drive. He would drive a van from his home in Minnesota to the South Bronx, pick up the, the, the young people, go to the camp, and do it all over again to take them back. So... Chris, the intern, and Larry, his father, and his mother, Vaughn, did just that. They drove from New York to Iowa, then back to Minnesota, then two weeks later they drove back to the camp, and then they drove to take everyone back home in the South Bronx. Now, it was more or less understood that in this year of internship of their son Chris, that they would do this, that they wanted to support their son's internship ministry. But that was not the end of the story. After their son Chris had finished his intern year, all three of them actually, Chris, his father Larry, his mother Vaughn, repeated this trip every summer for many years. In the last year that they did this, one of the boys that they had transported, named Lonnie, took Larry aside and, and asked him, Mr. Kenny, why do you do this? He'd become aware they lived in Minnesota. Why do you do this? And before Larry could even answer, he said, why do you like us so much? Now you have to understand, Lonnie's father had been killed in prison. And some kids back in the Bronx teased him. He was overweight and he had a lisp, all fodder for unfortunately cruel jokes. So he looks at Larry 
and said, why do you do this? And why do you like us so much? Now at this point, this is something I might have done, at this point Larry could have it uh, just begin to talk about the love of Jesus in a general way, you know, quote scripture. But instead, Larry answered by talking about Lonnie in a very specific way, mentioning all of the good and unique qualities that Larry saw in him. You noticed all of that? Larry, Lonnie said, amazed. You noticed all of that? Yes. Yes. Larry noticed. Larry took the time to see this young man. Larry took the time to not just glance, to not just transport him, but to notice about the inner quality. Small gesture, perhaps, but a huge part of the rescue of that kid. There is indeed a world of difference between the lives of Larry and Vaughn and that kid Lonnie. But now because of trips from New York to Iowa and Iowa back to New York, year after year after year, and a willingness to look for and notice goodness, gifts, unique qualities, it creates a world of connection and relationship and community as well. Beloved community. Where your treasure is, there also your heart. Certainly part of our calling is to be informed and to do what we can to bring about justice in the big picture. In a way, those Visa cards are a part of that and a very important thing to do. But also our calling is to notice, to be alert, to pay attention to what we might call the smaller things, to see the other and what their needs and gifts and potential might be. It's not that we don't have boundaries. Of course we do, we have to. It's not that we don't each recognize our own limits. But we do good, we do notice not only because we're admonished in the book of Isaiah to do this, to do good, to seek justice, to rescue the oppressed, but we do this also in a sense to rescue ourselves. To rescue ourselves from numbing self-absorption, 
to rescue ourselves from cynicism and from constantly wondering and wondering and wondering what I do in the face of these massive problems that we face. For indeed, where our treasure is, there also our heart. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, abide in us, we pray. Abide, abide in us, nudging us toward your vision, toward fulfillment of your way and of your truth. A world in which oppression and injustice cease, in which we do good to and with one another, providing rescue and defense in your most holy name. Amen.